Hey, thanks for listening to the Unexpected Podcast. If you're enjoying the show so far, please take the time to rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Welcome back to another episode of the Unexpected Podcast, where we chat all about the unexpected aspects of pregnancy and parenthood. I'm your host, Deborah Brooks. I'm a speech-language pathologist who found herself unexpectedly expecting. On this show, I call everyone I know who can help me get prepared for this life-changing journey, and on occasion, I chat with my comedian husband, Mike Racine, to see where his head's at. Okay, let's start the show. This is 22 Weeks Pregnant. I'm 22 weeks. I turned 22 weeks on Christmas Day, um, which was a great experience. I feel the baby moving. I feel great. But before we talk about me, let's hear about everyone's 22-week experience. 22 weeks according to what to expect when you're expecting. Forget about ounces, baby. This week, we're talking a whopping weight of one pound and a crown to heel length of approximately 11 inches, about the size of a small doll. But your baby is a living one with developing senses, including touch, sight, hearing, and taste. What's your baby touching? He or she may grab onto the umbilical, umbilical cord there's not much else to hang on to in there and practice a strong grip that will soon be clutching your fingers and pulling on your hair. What's your baby seeing? Though it's dark in there and even with fused eyelids, fetuses this age can perceive light and dark. If you shine a flashlight over your belly, you may feel your baby react, perhaps trying to turn away from the jarring light. What's your baby hearing? The sound of your voice and that of your partner and your heartbeat, the whooshes of your blood circulating through your body, those gastric gurgles produced by your stomach and intestines, and dog barking. They can hear sirens, uh, sirens, a loud TV, and more. And what's your baby tasting? Pretty much everything that you're tasting. Right, yeah, so 22 weeks pregnant, and I feel great. Um, I don't really have too much of a crazy update for you. Still no major symptoms. Um, I feel comfortable. I have a bit of heartburn, so I have been taking more Tums. Um, but I feel the baby moving a lot, and I really love it. I feel so much calmer than I did in past weeks. And um, if current Deb could talk to past Deb, she would tell her to calm down, trust your body, and try to enjoy this process because you're just thinking about things that you don't want to happen. Um, and I'd also tell her to not join any pregnancy groups on Facebook. And I would also tell her to stop looking up all of the awful things that can happen during pregnancy because it's just not helpful and it just makes your mind wander. Speaking of mind wandering, so... Um, I have been having some crazy dreams, mostly dreams of Mike doing things that are bad. And I wake up like in a movie, like eyes wide open, like, <gasps> um, and, uh, yeah, I just, it's crazy. So I found this article from the sleep org. It's common for women to sleep to be disrupted during their pregnancy by bathroom breaks and fetal movements or other events. However, some women um, have more unexpected side effects, such as changes in the way you dream. Strange pregnancy dreams aren't uncommon, but some may find them disconcerting. 
It may help to understand the reasons why your dreams change and to know that it's perfectly normal to experience detailed and sometimes frightening dreams during pregnancy. So the other night um, when I wasn't dreaming about Mike (laughs) and his infidelities in my dreams, um, I literally heard somebody yell my name and then I woke up like, don't wake daddy, like popped up out of bed. Um, it's crazy. And it, and it's like, I have these vivid dreams and nightmares and they seem like very realistic. Um, and it's common during pregnancy. Um, many women also report greater dream recall during pregnancy, even for those who weren't usually accustomed to remembering dreams. And these dreams may be highly realistic. Um, researchers believe that dreams may be a way of our subconscious to work through issues that we are currently, uh, thinking about. Unsurprisingly, many pregnant women report pregnancy related dreams. You may dream about being pregnant or a dream that you are meeting your baby. These are not the kind of dreams I'm having. I'm having dreams about like Mike cheating on me, me still being in relationships with people I don't want to be in relationships with like old boyfriends and me like being in high school or college and then like forgetting what time a class is and then like I keep forgetting to go so I don't know the assignment and I'm failing um which sucks um and then I also had dreams about like still being a waitress at Caroline's and like getting called into work so (laughs) I don't have dreams like nice ones about my baby I have dreams about things that I don't want to happen So today we are going to finish chatting with Amanda Pericles, the black speechy on Instagram. She's going to tell us all about her labor and delivery process. So stay tuned for that. And if you're enjoying the show so far, please write a review on Apple Podcasts. I really love reading those. Thank you. So I was like, you know what? It was I was like, it's nearing the end. I was like, let me get my little like bouncy ball and actually try to be active and get out of bed. And then like we mm-hmm. started going for like little walks, like maybe every few days, like or like, at least going to like the park, which has like a walking path by my house. Mm-hmm. Um, so one day we went um, to the walking path and I was like, you know what? I'm going to walk the entire thing, which is like three miles. So I was like, you know what? Let's just do it. And there's like pretty houses. So we did it. Mm-hmm. At first I was like, I'm going to go as far as I can. And then at one point I was like, let's just do the whole thing. So I did that. And I, like I said, I was so complacent and like sedentary the entire pregnancy. I like didn't exercise ever really. So this was a huge thing. And then actually we had intercourse that night as well. So then the next morning at 745, I woke up to use the bathroom Mm -hmm. and I had my first contraction on the toilet. Oh, and I was like, what is this? Did you think you just had to poop? No. It was oh, very much, okay, different. It was very much like a big cramp. Okay. Like I used the bathroom and I was uh-huh. like, you know, using the bathroom like regular, like not any in pain or whatever. But then I got this huge cramp, like uh-huh. heel over like on the toilet cramp. And I was like, okay, we'll see how this goes. And my husband, he was already, he had already started doing um, work because he's a teacher. So they said started the school year. Oh, yeah. Doing trainings or whatever. So he was going to work, I think from like eight something. And then he was going to be done at nine fifteen. So I was like, okay, let me just go back to bed. I had to use the bathroom. I came back. Um, and I didn't start tracking my contractions yet. 
I was like, let me see what happens. So then maybe like 20 minutes later, I feel another one. And I'm like, at this point he's already left or he's like starting to like get ready to go downstairs to do his thing. So I'm like, Oh, I'm the bed, like in the fetal position. I'm like, okay, that was like a little intense cramp too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it, and did left, you tell him this? No, I hadn't because no. I wanted okay. to make sure that they were like getting regular or whatever they say. They right. need to do. So he left. And so I started at seven 45 by like nine. I've already had like three or four. So I'm like, okay, this sounds like it's real, but I was in starting to get in so much pain. I was like, I need to go in the shower and just like sit underneath the water. So I mm-hmm. go to the shower. I like put a chair in the shower because okay. <laughs> we don't have nice. a like, bench or anything. So I'm like sitting there and I'm like, you know what? It's nine. He's going to be done in 15 minutes and he's going to come straight up. So like he'll find me and I'll tell him because I didn't want to have to text him because right. we had a thing like if he was out like visiting friends in Boston or like doing work stuff or like anything I was like I will not text you that I'm going into labor like I would never do that like I would call you or like wait till I see you to tell you that I think I might be in labor so I didn't text him uh-huh he was working or anything um so I'm in the shower um and I was there for like almost an hour he came up and he's like what's going on and I was like I think I'm having contractions. And he was like, are you serious? And he's like, so he, so he's like there with me and I'm like starting to moan. It's getting bad. Like it was starting to get bad really quickly. Um, uh-huh. And I had, I had an appointment scheduled for that day, like a regular routine prenatal appointment at like 1030 or at like 1130. Mm-hmm. So at one point I was in the shower for like an hour. So I got out at like 10. And by that point, my contractions were already like, four to five to six minutes apart. And they were mm-hmm. like pretty bad. I was like, I couldn't, nothing was helping. I was trying to lean over. I was trying to bounce on the ball. I was trying to like sway back and forth and it was not helping. So I call them and I'm like, Hey, I have an appointment, but I think I'm having contractions. I'm in early labor. Like, do you still want me to come in or do you think I should go to the hospital? And they're like, you should still come in. So I get ready. Mm-hmm. I, I'm starting to like shake like oh. my body's trembling, my teeth are chattering type shake. Like oh. I'm sweating, it's hot. <laughs> oh. Yeah, like uncontrollable <laughs> shaking, trembling. So we had like our bag like half packed. Um, so we finished packing the bag. My sister and my mom are home. My mom, we call my mom and she, they would like leave work, go home. She works like two seconds away. So she came home and was helping us. My sister was helping us. So we get in the car and it's it's bad when I tell you, Deb, like, I was like so such in, in pain. I was shaking. Oh no. And so we go to my appointment. We get there a little early and of course they're not letting partners come in. So I'm like right. I'm walking by myself. Yeah, how are you like, going <laughs> to He walked me into like the door. Like he okay. went in the building but he walked me to the door. Mhm. And he's like waiting there. And I'm like, no, babe, like, I'm not going to ask them if you can come in. Like, I'm sure they deal with this all the time. So I'm like, I go to the desk and I'm like, hi, I'm Amanda Pericles. I'm here to check in. And I like keel over because I get another contraction. And they're like, are you okay? So like someone runs out with a wheelchair and they're like, what's happening? Like, are you okay? Because she thought I was going to faint. And I'm like, no, I'm mm-hmm. just in labor. I called earlier, but they told me to still come in. <laughs> um, and they're like, oh my gosh. So like, I'm in like such pain. So they bring me in. And they're like, did you drive here by yourself? And I'm like, no, my husband's waiting outside. They're like, go get her husband. So (laughs) the midwife comes and she checks me and I was very effaced. um, And baby was, what does that mean? I don't know any vocabulary. So like when your cervix, um, 
your cervix thins out. So like, okay. Baby's stretching it out because it's dropping. Okay. So imagine like a balloon and you're like holding it on the top and you're just like squeezing it. The bottom kind of gets lighter and thinner. Okay. Happening to your cervix. So I was very effaced and baby was already very low. Oh, um, I assume from the walk because I walked for 50 bajillion hours the day before. Right. Um, but I was only one centimeter dilated. Okay. So my cervix was only one centimeter dilated. So she was like, because you might be progressing pretty quickly, even though you're only one centimeter dilated, I'm going to say that you guys should go to the hospital. Um, and when she checked me, she did an internal exam with her fingers to check to my cervix and mm-hmm. it was so painful. Oh my goodness. Ooh. Just her putting her fingers in there. So, um, so they put me back in the wheelchair and we're like getting ready to go to the hospital. Cause we had the bag in the car. The hospital is like an eight minute drive. Okay. And so they wheel me out to the car. My husband went to go get the car. And as I'm lifting my leg into the, to get in the car, my water breaks. Oh. <laughs> so, um, so they had to call rescue because they didn't want anything to happen. So right. we waited there for like 10 minutes, 15 uh. minutes while I'm still contracting. Um, and like my pants are Were still- you like, this is it. Some parking lot baby. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like, oh, so we wait there and the ambulance comes. They IV me up, they get me in the ambulance and my husband drives to the hospital and we were like behind him. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what happened there. I get, we get to the hospital around noon. So remember my appointment was at 1130. We get there at noon. Um, so let me think. We get there around noon and they check me, right? Um, mm-hmm. They check me, they get me in there. Um, they're like, do you want a COVID test? I accepted the COVID test because otherwise baby would not be able to um stay in the room with me okay um, so i t- and i take the covid test it was the nasal swab it actually wasn't that bad um so that was a rapid quick test and i came back negative um and when i get there already on the way to the hospital i was like i think i wanted to have a natural birth mm-hmm. so I, right I, I, this is who i am too i was like i'm thinking it's going to be natural but also like if it's too bad i will take what right. they have to offer yeah. yeah that was that was me so okay. i like half towards the like sec- two thirds through my pregnancy, I switched from an OB to the midwives that were in the same kind of office. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I want to have a natural birth as much as I can. So they have a, um, a, a labor center in the hospital. Um, that has like a tub, a big bed, like you can labor oh. when you want. Um, it's in the same hospital. So I was like, cool, we'll do that. Um, so when I got to the hospital at noon, like literally 30 minutes later, I was two to three centimeters dilated by that point. Okay. Um, wow. And during my pregnancy, I tested positive for group B strep, which is like um, bacteria that can happen. It happens often in pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you do, they have to administer you antibiotics during labor within like four hours of you pushing or giving. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to get antibiotics when I got to the hospital. And the toughest part was I was in triage in the emergency room for three hours because they didn't have beds available. Oh, because it was COVID. Yeah. Um, So I was there waiting for like three hours for a bed and I couldn't get an epidural until I got up to a room. Uh So I was already like, I want an epidural at this point. They gave me morphine and it did like nothing for me. It like took the edge off a little bit. And I was mm-hmm. like, why did I just waste this thing on getting morphine? Because it right. had no impact on me. Um, so that was at 12. Um, 
And so I was in triage, my eyes were closed. I was screaming at this point, still the trembling, shaking, still really hot. Um, I took my mask off. I, I wasn't even, I was like leaking because my water had broken because you just mm-hmm. can't really leak. Um, oh. Yeah. And so by two o'clock, I was five to six centimeters dilated. That's when I got the morphine. Um, and at three, I finally got into a room. They got me upstairs and I got the epidural. And it, so you like, they sat me up and I like, scooted back to the edge of the bed and mm-hmm. they insert the the numbing solution. And that hurt more than actually putting in the catheter. Um, and okay. then they put the catheter in. So by 3.15, they were done. Um, and during the epidural is when I had my like bloody show or like I shed my mucus plug. Okay. So I, it felt like another big leak, like incontinence kind of, mm-hmm. and it's just like a big pool of blood basically. Um, Interesting. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So that, Thank you. that could potentially happen. <laughs> It can come out like bit by bit before uh-huh. you go into labor too. And sometimes that happens before you even go into labor. Um, but mine happened when I was there. Um, okay. And it's kind of like a big bloody kind of mess. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so by 3.30, once the epidural was in, like they were done by 3.15, by 3.30, I was fine. Like I was okay. talking, I was chilling in bed, I was... Like I was fine, but the only thing was I couldn't eat or drink anymore. I could only yeah. drink water. So, and luckily I had like one of those Belvita cookie like packs that yeah. morning because that, that's all I had that day. Um, so yeah. And at 545, so they flip you like every half hour just so, to make sure that you're not, I guess your blood is flowing appropriately, I guess. Okay. Um, and you couldn't have done that on your own now because you're all numbed. Um, no, I could. Um, oh, you could? Okay. Yeah, they didn't flip me, but I. she was like, make sure you're flipping every so often. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, it's just the bottom of your legs that that are like from your hips down. Okay. Um, but I was moving my arms. Like I was on my phone. We were FaceTiming people, like my mom and calling people. Um, and by 545, I was nine centimeters dilated and I was shaking a lot, a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't even tired really at six o'clock. I tried to sleep, but I could only really rest my eyes. So I hadn't really slept that day or really rested. Um, and they were just like, hey, you're nine centimeters dilated. Like, wait till you need to use the bathroom, basically. That's the kind of feeling that they describe it as. So like okay. waiting until you need to push, like you need to take a really big poop. Um, or mm-hmm. the feeling again around like your perineum, like your vagina, your butt area. Um, so I, I was getting that feeling, but not a lot to where like I needed to push. Mm-hmm. Um, and at 8.30, the midwife came in and she was like, hey, how's it going? Like, are you feeling like you need to push? And I was like, yeah, it's getting stronger, but like, I don't really think I feel like I need to. And she was like, do you want to do some test pushes? Um, and I was like, sure. So we put my legs up um, and she was like, whenever you feel the pressure, the need to push, that's a contraction. So you do that. We're going to push. Um, so we did some practice questions and practice pushes and she was like I think you're ready to push so we just started right away um and so I lay I pushed for like an hour and 15 minutes um she was born at 9 48 p.m and and wish when when people say that though like is the baby moving are these productive pushes or is nothing happening and you just are pushing for an hour like what does it mean to push for an hour right so like so they're usually measuring I forget what it's called, but they're measuring where baby's head is in relation to your cervix. So they okay. have to 
levels these numbers that they reference. So like if it's above, it's like negative one, negative mm-hmm. two, and then like here's zero at the cervix and then plus one. So you want it to be like below the cervix to push. Right. Um, so when I was pushing, I'm assuming that she's, so my baby was really low to begin with for me. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming that I think I started at plus one. So baby was already like kind of below my cervix. Um, so when it started, obviously I didn't feel like it, I was doing much, but at one point I got a mirror. Um, and that was really helpful to see like the baby's head. Like you could see the little shadow of the hair and the head. Um, okay. so you'd see the, the, the production of what you're doing, but it's obviously like, it might come back obviously because it's like you're pushing and then you release. Right. You know? Section. Yes. Okay. Yeah, section. Mm-hmm. So, so I asked for the mirror because I was like, yeah, you know, you need some biofeedback. Exactly. So, um, so we had the midwife, the nurse, and there was a medical resident in the room with us delivering the baby. Um, so, and it was pretty straightforward. Like I knew when the contraction was coming, like I could feel it kind of warming up. And I was like, at one point it was just, I would just chat about Netflix. And then I was like, Oh, okay. I feel one coming. And then I'd put my legs up and we'd like, give it a go. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was three rounds. So they wanted me to push like three times, one, two, three. And -hmm. it would be like 10 seconds of push basically. And it was lots of like me pushing as hard as I can. You're kind of like bearing down your body. That's what they want you to do. Like bear down, like you need to poop. Um, Yeah. And at the end, they're always like a little harder, give it a little bit more, a little bit more. It's like always like a little bit more just to see how far you can go. Right. Um, Yeah. So yeah, every, with every like three to four minutes or so, like I was pushing, um, and they saw baby's head pretty early on. I guess it was just a matter of getting the head through, through the, you know, the opening. Um, so around 9.30, so it had been an hour, they were like, okay, guys, I think it's going to happen soon. Like, I don't know what me- that means. Like, I don't know right. how that me- makes them think like, okay, they were like, we're going to gown up. And I'm like, okay, I didn't know that that was a thing. Like, it's serious now. We've been pushing <laughs> what were you doing before? <laughs> yeah. So they're like, okay, so they got their gowns on and their gloves and their masks and put like the little like things below my, my bum. Um. And they got ready for like the real pushing, I guess. So the last 15 minutes and the la- or the last five minutes rather were like the toughest. I wasn't in any pain pushing before, especially once I got the epidural. Uh-huh. Just like, um, it was just really intense pressure. And like the very last bit, the last five minutes, I, I explain it as like, if this is TMI for some people, then sorry. But it's like when you go into the bathroom and you're pooping and there's like a piece stuck there mm-hmm. and, you know, and it's like, you can't like relax your bum mm-hmm. because it's just, like physically impossible. You just have to like keep pushing and to see how far you'll go. Like, it's just like, you just have to keep pushing until it's uh-huh. out. Like that's what it felt like with the last five minutes because I, I, she would not go back in. I couldn't okay. relax. I just had to like keep pushing and I couldn't like relax or suction back in. I had to keep pushing to see how far I'd go. Right. Or out. Um, and it was like very uncomfortable. And like the midwife at the end was like, putting her fingers in to try to like guide it and like expand me a little bit more. Like, you know, when you're trying to. Right. Did you tear at all? I teared in my vagina, not in my perineum between my vagina. So I had a bilateral on both sides tear inside. Um, And it wasn't too bad. 
when they were stitching me up though they had to give me a little extra morphine though because it was like it did feel like they were like piercing me like i felt the needle uh-huh but yeah so that was that and i pushed and i didn't look down when she came out which i really <laughs> regret but i was just like I was like so focused and like what they say is that you get so inward focused, especially when you're like contracting earlier on. Right. You're just like so inward focused. You're not paying attention to what's going on around you. It was like very much like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And then I felt the pop. And as soon as I felt that pop, like that pressure release, she was out. It wasn't even like I had to push for the shoulders, like the whole thing. She just, right. She just came out. Okay. Yeah. And she pooped as she left me. So she, her first poop was okay. worry about that because it was on the table already. Yeah. Um, and I did, I delayed my cord clamping. Um, I delayed everything. I wanted to do skin to skin and try to breastfeed within the first hour. So, yeah. but we did do like all the things. So she got her hep B, her first hep B round. She got the vitamin K, the drops um, in her eyes. Um, mm-hmm. And then she got, what else is it that they do? They do something else. Um, but yeah, so we the did. The APGAR test? I, I didn't ask for the APGAR score. I was so oh. mad. I was like, I'm going to know and I'm going to ask them. But I was just so out of it. I didn't I don't right, know what yeah. the scores were. Um, but yeah, so that was it. And she was out. And so I just had her on me. And you know what was very strange, though? Um I, like, you know, when you grow up, you see all these people, like these delivery shows, they're like, you can't record in here. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, we were trying to FaceTime the family and we, right. we couldn't FaceTime them. Well, we had it on FaceTime secretly, but they put right. it um, Some, some people, it like, I think, about. yeah. Yeah. Like you're allowed to some places and you're not allowed to other places, I guess. Yeah. And I couldn't record like during my ultrasounds either. And I'm like, mm-hmm. these are my exams. Like, why can't I do that? But right. So yeah, 7.45 a.m. to 9.48 p.m. was my labor day. Wow. Okay. Well, so then um, how are you feel happy about getting that epidural? Oh, yes. Best decision I ever made in my life. Okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> I have no regrets. <laughs> like, I thought that I might feel bad. And I try not to tell myself to feel bad because, like, you know, everyone's different. Like, it's not a bad thing to get an epidural. But um, – I thought that I might feel more regretful or more like, you know, or feel bad about doing it, but I have no regrets whatsoever. I would just okay, wish I could have been able to get it sooner because the pain was just very, very intense. Like I was like, how do people have more babies like, <laughs> multiple times? Because, right. Oh, it was bad in the moment. Very I guess bad. cause you survive it though. And then you're yeah. like, I guess I'll do it again. Yes. Like that was worse than the actual pushing. Once I got the epidural. Right. It sounds like that. It sounds like the beginning is the hardest. Yeah. They were like laughing at me because I was like, hey, so what school did you go to? Like, oh my gosh, have you watched this show on Netflix? (laughs) In between pushing, my husband was just laughing at me and like telling the family that I just kept talking about random stuff. And then I'm like, okay, I'm ready. And like, I put my legs up. Right. Um, Yeah. All right. Well, that's promising. I mean, it just sounds like you had like five hours of hell. Yeah. Like about that. 45 to like three so mm-hmm. yeah and then like looking back like obviously I survived but right <laughs> yeah after that it was not a big deal yeah um so then my last question for you before we wrap up is I want to know how soon were you able to like function like could you walk post epidural and then like mm-hmm. were you able to 
hold her? Were you so exhausted? Like this is my fear and my um, driving force for wanting a natural birth. I feel like maybe I'd rather have like the worst experience on earth and then bounce back quicker. How fast did you bounce back? So they were just due to precautions. They would, um, they wheeled me up to our post labor and delivery room. They wheeled mm-hmm. me up. Um, they helped me in bed, things like that. And they were just continuously checking on me. So the nurse would come in like throughout the night, like very frequently, um, to check on baby, to, check, to take baby's, um, you know, blood pressure, check her, um, and check, take my blood pressure, check me, check my diaper. Mm-hmm. Um, so I felt like I had the help and I didn't feel like I was not able to do things like Mm -hmm. it was already starting to wear off pretty quickly. Like I'd say by, by, by the next day, I think I was fine. I don't remember exactly, but you know, she was just like, make sure that you get help if you need to go to the bathroom, just as a precaution. It wasn't even like, you cannot do this. Like, right. Okay. Make sure you don't slip and fall. Um, but you know, baby, we had her in the bed. We were holding her. I was holding her. He was holding her. It wasn't that we couldn't hold her or anything. Okay. Um, yeah, and I would just have to go to the bathroom frequently to like clean down them, clean down there. Um, yeah, and they check on you very frequently during overnight and while you're there because they're always taking your your like your oxygen or your blood pressure, checking you to make sure you're healing. Um, they're, they would, they would like palpate my stomach to see where my uterus was. If it was like going back to where it was supposed to be, um, okay. things like that. So they're very on top of you, like to the point where I was like, I'm trying to sleep. Like, and they would come in, like, it was kind of annoying how frequently everyone would come in, whether it's the nurse or the doctor or someone right. doing a blood test or someone doing a hearing test. It was like, you keep going over and over and it's like, can you get out of my room, please? It was kind of like, <laughs> um, Yeah. So I wouldn't wow. worry too much about that. I feel like it okay. would, went well. I w- didn't feel like I couldn't do what I needed to do. And then know? by the time you went home, you could walk. Yeah, yeah. So they okay. still wheel you out just yeah. because. Um, but I was, you know, I was up in Adam the next day. We, we gave birth Wednesday and we went home Friday um, around noon. So by that point, I was definitely, you know, I carried her in. I, w- I, okay. her. I carried her into my house. Um, walking. So I had no issues mobilizing that way. Oh, okay, good. So then I, I don't have much of a, as much of a concern then. Yeah. Yeah. It, it goes away. Like the feeling in your legs comes back Mm -hmm. pretty pretty quickly, quicker than I thought it would. Okay. Good to know. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, um, I think that you prepared me for everything I didn't know so far about pregnancy. I mean, about childbirth. I didn't know all of those details. I feel like maybe I need to read something else more. I feel like I've been focusing more on pregnancy than I have been on birth. And you've kind of enlightened me there. So thank you, Amanda. You're welcome. And uh, I think I'm going to probably make this a two-part episode, but I want you to come back on to talk about, you know, life with a baby. So yeah. we'll figure that out. Okay. But uh, before we do that, let's any um, advice to the listeners who are expecting parents? Who are expecting parents? I feel like everyone's pregnancy is different, and like we met, like even between me and you, you know, and mm-hmm. what we've mentioned in passing, like everyone's pregnancy is different, and 
you really can't compare or expect something to happen. Like it's so arbitrary and so random. And as long as you're just taking care of yourself, I'd say if you're in first trimester, sleep as long as you want. Sleep like yeah. as you want, take care of yourself. Um, but just know that if you advocate for yourself, make sure you have a good support team and good partner or, you know, a doula, a great midwife, someone to support you throughout the pregnancy and during labor, because I feel like at some points you're kind of inward thinking and inward and you're, you're just blocking everything out and you might need that person to kind of okay. back or, you know, say the things that you can't say because you're so out of it, you know, right. So just make sure you're throughout the pregnancy and especially during labor, you're, you're finding that you have a support system in place that will help you just in case, you know, you're kind of out of it. Right. No, that makes complete sense. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Amanda. I really appreciate you doing this. Thank you. Thanks for listening. The Unexpected Podcast is recorded and produced by Deborah Brooks and is sponsored by the Sit Down with Microsene Podcast, SLP's Wine and Cheese Podcast, and the Dad Show with Microsene Podcast. For more unexpected content, head over to www.patreon.com slash Deborah Brooks CCC SLP. If you love the show, I'd appreciate a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Thanks again, and I'll see you next week.